Hello and welcome to the GCU Law Clinic podcast. Um, I'm delighted to welcome you today to a very special podcast that we're doing as part of our Equality in Law project. My name is Shane Stevenson McCabe and I'm a lecturer in law at GCU. And today we are going to be interviewing our very own media manager at the Law Clinic, Issa Mahmood. Um, Issa is one of our management team at the Law Clinic um, who works tirelessly to ensure access to justice. And Issa's specific remit is as media manager. Issa is the brains behind the, the podcasts and he's been working hard all year to make sure that we are staying connected with our students, even while we're all working from home. And today I'm excited to talk to Issa and find out a little bit about what it's like for him as a law student um, and talk a little bit about the role that um, equality and diversity play in the legal profession and how we can work to improve that. So hello and welcome, Issa. Uh, <laughs> it feels, feels odd to be on the other side of this. <laughs> Embarrassed much, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, not at all, not at all. It's great. No, but thank you so much for agreeing to do this. I think it's so important that we have the opportunity to hear from our current students, but also um, keeping in mind that you're the future of the legal profession. Um, not all on your shoulders, Issa, you're not the future, <laughs> all alone. Just the whole but, Scotland, but, just relying yeah, on Yeah, exactly. Back, like, cool. so it's all relying on you. Um, but, you know, our, our students are the future of the legal profession. And I think in these times when we're talking about what we need to change, how we need to grow, how we need to do better, it's exciting to speak to our students um, about that. Um, but let's start right at the beginning. Um, what was it made you want to study law, Issa? Um, so I think th there's always a preconceived thing, I suppose, with loads of new law students you see criminal you see harvey specter on suits uh with, sure. with, with Meghan markle and you see all this glam and all this corporate law um but i think for me personally i, I it was from I, I wouldn't say an early age because that sounds a bit too cliche but i remember meeting um amar anwar um at a local radio station which my mother worked at and i volunteered at and i think most people in the field would know he is a very big i suppose yeah. he's a popular figure in terms of human rights law um and he did work I suppose with asylum seekers a lot of the time um, and I yep. just had a very short uh, but quite uh, interesting conversation with him the other day just about I think he was hiring uh, some trainees but I, I think when I looked at his work uh, it was always about helping people more need Yay. actually um, and I suppose the, the thing with lawyers you always have this idea that they're these big selfless people selfish people and mm. not selfless and and you know you know, being in a profession like law, it has its perks. But at the end of the day, you know what's what's a what, you know what's good a profession if you can't actually help something. What was the end goal of it? Absolutely. Um, so you know, I, I saw him doing you know having a good career, making yeah. a living while still you know holding on to various I suppose ethics and 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 yeah, doing important rights. work. Yeah. yeah, that we all you know that everyone looks and says, oh, that's great. Can I do that? Is that an actual you know viable profession? When I first went into law, I, I was like, that's that's something I want to help or try. Yeah. Um, because obviously legal knowledge is very specialised. It's very, people see it as quite far away. It's quite far reaching. You can't really obtain that. You have to go through this many years of being trained in, in this art. Um, but yeah, I saw that and I thought, you know, that's pretty that's pretty cool. I don't know if people would say it's yeah. cool, but I was like, that's, that's pretty, you know, I like that. So I, I'll, I'll have some of that, yeah. 
that 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 sounds really interesting. It's it's funny, isn't it? These little moments and what a big impact they have on us. Like meeting Amar Anwar by chance and thinking, oh, I think the work you do is important and impactful, and I'd like to be doing work that's that's important and impactful. I think that's that's really interesting. And yeah, I think you know, as you say, like human rights law. Um, certainly, when I um, started law school, that was something I was so interested in, um, and, and then went on to, to work in that field. But it's hard, I think, sometimes to imagine where you fit in if you don't have kind of role models that you can see doing that. And that's not just in terms of you know people car carving out careers, but also people who kind of you look at and you think, oh, I, I could do that. You know, it seems like yeah. you. Um, have kind of blazed a trail and I, and I could follow in, in that path. And I, I suppose that leads on to my next question, Isa, which is about role models. Um, who are your role models in terms of law, but also you know, perhaps it's it's wider than that. Who are your role models that kind of inspire you? I think I, I think it's an interesting question, especially when we're doing this kind of equality in law, and especially this month being, I suppose, ethnic minorities. Um, and of course, myself, as people can tell by my name, but I am from an ethnic minority background, as is uh, Amar Anwar. Um, and I think I looked at him, I think from my age, I looked at him and I was like, you come from a similar background as me and you've made it into it. And it's very hard. Uh, people underestimate how hard it is when you don't have those links. I think yeah. people, it's quite easy to say, oh, I don't have a role model and I can't do that field. But I think it's more to do the links. If I don't know so-and-so, then how am I supposed to get into it when, you know, friends have parents in this field or friends of this and yeah. and it becomes a little bit easier, I suppose, for other people to get into it. And that's not really, I suppose, a criticism on law field itself. That that would be many, I suppose, uh, professions. Yeah, it's a problem everywhere, yeah. Um, but I think, you know, when we talk about role models, I think, I think Aran, where he showed me that coming from a similar background from yeah. myself and thinking that you can get into a legal field and especially speaking to Naima, which we had on the podcast yeah. a few months ago. And I spoke to her and her story is much different to mine, but it comes from a very similar place in terms of being sure. uh, kind of underestimated and just said, I think I remember her saying that her one of, uh, I suppose, head of years or uh, head of the course, mm. just, you know, take a, take a year out, you're going to have a kid. Or I think the, the story was essentially quite... I don't want to say misogynistic, but it, it was essentially, yeah. it, it was, but I think speaking to her, especially, it gives you a way of looking into it and thinking, yeah. you know, this person can get into it with these different methods. methods. It doesn't have to be linear. You can do these other methods, mature student, college entry. And and I think those two people, and, and recently Ian Lang, who is counsel at Lombardia Associates, yes. he does sports law. I spoke to him and and an interest I suppose other than human rights has been sports law for myself and it's a very yeah. new field he has become a sports law quote-unquote uh, dealing with FIFA and all these things and that's quite I suppose a field I like so for him to, for, it's, it's, a, it's a, I think when you look at the role models the thing they've got in common is that they've been told you can't do something and then they do it yeah and that's, that's something so to being a trailblazer and actually do that kind of thing I think it's it's important for anyone yeah. not even uh, even not even if you come from my background of, of being an ethnic minority but I suppose I suppose that's probably one of the the biggest things I find that's a similarity between all those three yeah I think that's so interesting to hear you say that Isa because um yeah th that is a commonality there it's like that feeling of like you know other people haven't been told that they, they weren't able to do something and then they went on and did it and it's so helpful for people, I think, coming through in the profession to, to see those role models and think, OK, well, if you did that, then, then maybe I, I can too. Um, Naima is just an incredible woman. 
Um, and I think it's really interesting you say, you know, she does come from a similar um, family background to yourself, but there are like key differences there. She was a young mum when she started um, yeah. at university. And I think there's also so much that we can learn from other people's experiences like that. And you can see, um, yeah, I, th I think when we look at different people in the profession and, and see actually that it, we might seem quite different, but there are similarities there. And then also it's really important to recognise where other people have a, a really tough time and, you know, you've got a privilege there that um, that you should be using for good and using to help other people. I think that's a, a really interesting point. I think it's interesting as well when we talk about role models, right? Because role models are a, a really interesting thing in law because I think for, for law students coming through now, the legal world is different, right? It is different from what it was even you know, 10, 20 years ago. It's, it's very different. And I think we see so many brilliant people in the profession who are at those more senior levels, even still relatively junior in their own careers, but a little bit more senior than, than our students, who are willing to reach out and help you, you navigate that space. And I think the, the big one that comes into my head, just because we've been talking about Naima, is, um, is Semla. Um, Scottish yeah. Ethnic Minorities Lawyers Association and when I think about SEMLA and the important work they're doing for the profession but also for law students um, it's just incredibly inspiring. Um, do you want to tell people who maybe don't know about SEMLA um, a little bit about them and, and also how they've helped you as a law student? Yeah so for, for those who don't know um, as Shani's kind of pointed out the Scottish Ethnic Minority Lawyers Association it's a big big long uh, abbreviation <laughs> there but I think I met Naima through that um, and I was thinking, you know, I need I need links. I need to, someone to, I suppose, guide me. I need a mentor, so to speak, uh, going back to role models. But I think with Semla, the things that they do, um, I think they had a big online conference with a number of, I think, CMS um, and some other law firms a few months ago. And they're continually trying to push out traineeships and, and these kind of placements online, um, obviously because we're all kind of locked down now still. But... I think with Semla, it's, it's very good to see someone doing that. Some a group of lawyers, a group of people who understand the need for these kind of things, and it's 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 refreshing to see people not holding on to this kind of information and these kind of things, and just passing on to people that they know of because that's the easy thing to do at the end of the day, and and it it's 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 good to see because it helps random. Well, I would say random, but it helps people. Yeah, people with come under that. Well, it, yeah, it, it helps them get into the field, and it's no um, it's no obviously disrespect to people that already have links but for those that don't it gives them as was a level playing field exactly. uh, which is nice to see and, and it, it helps because you you always find people that I suppose they'll work hard and they'll get what they need to get in terms of grades but what lets them down is that their experience is, is, is very minimal um, I remember yeah. even traveling down to Manchester last year uh, that was the lengths I had to go to to find a, a, a placement of some sorts um because I, of the I think shortage of links um that as was many kind of minority law students would feel if their parents aren't lawyers I think that's so interesting to hear you articulate it like that because yeah I mean the the difficulty with any thing like this is that it's still much of the legal profession um you know that there are not um those connections those networks in place if you don't come from a background that's already you know legal in some sense um you don't have um parents or family members or family friends 
who can link you up with that. And networks are still really important in law. Um, and I think what's interesting to hear you say there is that SEMLA is that network. You know, SEMLA is that family friend, is that yeah. colleague, that that person um, as an organisation that's, that's networking for, for you. And I think that's important for so many reasons. But particularly when we think about if we want change, um, you know, we still have underrepresentation of um, women at the most senior levels of the profession. Um, and that's been 100 years since women could first become lawyers. And we've only really started to see at some increase in ethnic diversity, although there is still underrepresentation in the profession. We've only really just started to see that um, increasing in the profession and certainly not seeing that at senior levels. And we just can't wait 100 years to become an ethnically diverse profession. It's just not, it's not something that you can wait on. And you wonder how much of that is to do with things like networking, you know, because yeah. it's certainly not to do with um, our law schools. We look around our law schools and they are very diverse places. Yeah. But then we're not seeing that in the profession. And you wonder how much of that is to do with, yeah, networking issues, connections, yeah. getting it's, employment. It's, it's, a, it's unfortunate because... It's, a, it's maybe a slightly cynical topic, but you, you look at private schools and you look at these kind of organisations that, unfortunately, they keep the links to themselves. And, you know, you have um, this, this this kind of idea that because law is such an elite profession, it has to be kept small and concise and only a few people can know it and it has to be in this circle and the list goes on. But I think with, you know, the Glass Network, SEMLA, it's, it's very slowly, but it's starting to kind of branch out and kind of yeah. accept that you know what you don't have to come from this very niche market of people so it's a very know, narrow narrow image yeah. isn't it's, it's, very narrow it, image. yeah it, it divides into social classes and I could I could ramble on for this for, for hours and I, I won't but uh it's it's great to see you know it opening up more because that yeah. is what you know that's what you need you can't limit a, a, a sector to one group of people because it becomes it becomes stale then and and it's not open to, to development that's a great point you said I think like that that's a really interesting angle to take that from as well because you know it does it becomes stale and we do we are worse as a profession for it so it's not just that of course it's important that everyone has access to the career that they want to pursue um, if they're able to become lawyers then it's hard to to understand why um yeah I mean I mean it's it's just simply unacceptable that um, you, you cannot go and become a lawyer because you don't have those networks. But more than that, it's actually bad for our profession as a whole because yeah. the people that we serve then aren't represented. And that's the thing that we talk about lots. Um, you know, you and, and me and, and, and Lucy have been talking about that in relation to like um, Alexandra Wilson, who's a young mixed race barrister. And um, for anyone who doesn't know, she's written a book called In Black and White. She's an, an English um, barrister. Um, and she she talks about that. She talks about the fact that if you have a profession that doesn't have ethnic diversity, but also doesn't have that social class diversity, doesn't have people who have lived experience and understanding of the people that they're working with, not only does that profession um, not do a particularly good job, as you say, it's, it's stale, it's disconnected, it's not representative. And I think that's a really good point that you make there. Um, so then talking then about your your own career and I know that you're kind of at crunch point in the middle of your third year <laughs> right now so you're probably not thinking much beyond the next day like you know what is it eight weeks to the end of term mm -hmm. but but thinking longer term about your own career 
what what kind of things do you hope to 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 pursue and what are you interested in now i'm at a placement uh with uh, lombardi Associates, which is a sports uh, law firm uh, it specializes in fifa cas the court of arbitration for sport which many people will know of um and it's becoming quite quite popular it was more of a niche in maybe the last decade but it's becoming quite popular and I definitely see myself well I'd hope to see myself uh somewhere along those lines and that profession I don't really um Sounds I think good. in Scotland there's a couple there's Bernice Paul you've got Lombardi Associates there's a couple of, of of law firms here but even internationally you know when you when you're thinking of Scots law you have to you start off and you're like okay I can only practice in Scotland and then you think okay you know, I can do I can do the conversion or, or course. yeah absolutely and then and then there's there's when you get down to law it's just regulations i suppose when you think about it so the vada code for people that know anti-doping body that's an international code so if you're a yeah. anti-doping lawyer for example you can practice internationally and yeah. uh, obviously there's that's a bit simplistic i suppose there's other things you may no, have but to I, do I but, hear you. Lisa, but I it's, hear you. it's just kind of opening your mind i suppose uh in my head to yeah. um not being so condensed and uh, no confined, I suppose not condensed, but confined to yeah. um, to Scotland. I but yeah, that. something something on those those lines. Um, can uh, I'll I'll play the classic route of uh, I broke my ankle and I can't become a footballer, so I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll manage a footballer, but I'll uh, I'll, um, I'll I'll settle for that definitely. I think that's uh, yeah. a pretty good line of work. I've got, I've, yeah, I've I, I mean that that's so interesting. So I suppose then my final question for you, Isa, is. What would you like the legal profession, what would you like to see from the Scottish legal profession in terms of equality and diversity? Um, a big question and a hard question, I know, yeah. um, and I'm certainly not expecting you to solve <laughs> it on the podcast. Although if you can, please do. But, oh, well, I'll try my best to try my yeah, best, my, my but, 20 year old self. What would you like to see um, when you're thinking about yourself maybe qualifying in, in, in Scotland? What, what do you want to see more of from us as a legal profession? I, I think we're too narrow-minded, I suppose, as, as I'd be if I'm going to be quite harsh and down to the point. Um, I, I think we need to look at the experience these young people have from different diversity, from different back, backgrounds. Yeah. Um, and and I think young people like myself and I think uh, kind of minority backgrounds need to look at what I've, what you've done in terms of maybe even volunteering for an organisation and, and look at the skills you've done and show those skills out. And, and and, and, and I hope organisations will look at those skills and, and see, you know, what benefit they actually have. Yeah. Um, not not in a legal, t- I, I suppose, view, but in a, in a holistic view for your, your company, for your, for for the progression of um, yeah, the legal sector itself, I suppose, because I suppose I grew up and I did a lot of work on my CV. You'll see, you'll see years of me doing radio station work um working at different places just volunteering and I gained loads of skills like this and, and and I do the podcast here because I was lucky to be given this position by Claire and she knew that I did do some of I suppose this audio work because I've done yeah. that in the past so I never thought when I came into GCU that I would use my audio skills I learned in the back end of Southside Glasgow and a radio station and I'd now be using it in my legal uh, well in the legal yeah. field this was in, in at the law clinic but here I am and you know here we are I'm, I'm, I'm doing it um, and I have been doing it for the last year so you, you know I think it's it's a bit of both you've I think for young people and I think minority kind of groups yeah. you need you need to be you need to be active and you need to be looking at where can I what where can what can I do where can I do work and where can I learn something and then on the other side you I would hope that the, the society the legal kind of sector yeah. becomes open to that and doesn't become so narrow-minded that you need to 
I suppose, do it in this way and you have to have this many work that's experiences so and you word it in this way. And yeah, I, yeah, really I, I, I just be point. kind of open. I think it just yeah. kind of more openness from both sides, I suppose. Um, I think that's a great point you said because it kind of builds on what you were saying, right, about not having networks. So if you don't have those networks in place, then it's hard to get a summer placement perhaps or, or to even know how to apply to those things. I mean, obviously now um, the... The profession is working on this and there's such great work being done by people like Rupa Mukha, McRoberts and Semla we've, we've spoken about to try and make sure and, and Legable is a great organisation as well yeah. that I'd recommend to students um, to try and make sure people without networks are tapping into to these opportunities. But I think what you're talking about there really is about having different experiences that you've maybe got because of the background that you have and thinking about how that brings something to the legal profession um, and whether that's working um, in a, I don't know, in a parent's business, in a family business, whether that's um, helping like volunteer in your local community, whether that's, yeah, being part of your, um, of, of organisations that you are part of because of, of who you are that's really valuable and you learn really valuable important skills doing that like you said like being part of a community radio project actually the things that you learn there are about working with people and about working under pressure yeah. and technical <laughs> skills and all of that stuff that are really important for being lawyers and I think as a legal profession we need to make sure that the thing we're looking for isn't necessarily a linear career progression yeah. um, the, the the perfect tick box work experience and actually looking at the skill sets that people have have um have got because actually that's how we start to diversify um the profession and we don't end up kind of just replicating the same yeah. people back and back again at ourselves and um, looking for experience in different ways in the next five to ten years uh, I, I i it's very rapid i feel like that the change is happening but i think that you need to keep on i think that the, the, the sector needs to keep on it if you leave the gas on if you just keep going forward then then definitely yeah. we'll see hopefully big strides in, in, in the next few years hopefully but yeah yeah definitely with young people like you coming through it makes me feel really hopeful um and i think that there's a lot that we can learn from um from young people and thinking about i mean in my mind is that i am still a young person i appreciate that for you and all the clinic students are like well not so much but in my mind i still am but I think for, for younger people, um, our, our students in particular, there's there's good listening to be done. Um, if you're listening to this, maybe and you work at a firm and you're thinking about, well, how do we make sure that our um, traineeship intake truly is diverse? There's great work being done. Rupa Muka, I've already you know given a shout out to and her work is so important and she's done great work on trying to increase diversity and thinking about how you make sure the talent that you're tapping into is diverse. But I think yeah. that I'd encourage, you know, anyone in the legal profession who's interested in thinking about, yeah, um, how, how they can improve in that to, you know, to speak to our students because you guys really have such um, interesting thoughts and personal like, lived experiences in these things. Um, so I, I think that, that that would be a, a good good action for anyone whose yeah. <laughs> equality and diversity blog post is Definitely. five years old maybe maybe now it's the time to think about that <laughs> Definitely. Um, thanks Isa. i really enjoyed this it's Anytime. given me loads to think about um yeah and i think that we yeah there, there's a lot of work to be done but i think that we we have young people who who help us do it so thank you for that Thank you.